Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We are wrapping up all of our draft thoughts, and we have a very special guest today, along with two really big pieces of news regarding the Saints. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. What's up, guys? Who dat, everybody? I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond. Like Dayton said, we've got another fabulous episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast here for you guys, ready to listen to you. And we can't uh, thank you guys enough for tuning to another one. Uh, speaking of that guest, uh, he's been on the show before. Uh, long-time listener, long-time guest here at the Food Edge Podcast. And uh, he's here to uh, give us his thoughts about how the Saints did for the draft. So you get to hear another person's opinion on that. Please, I want to give a warm welcome to Mark George. How you doing, Mark? How's it going, man? I'm good, man. Excited to be back on. Hey, there you go. That's awesome to hear, man. Glad to have you back, man. There you go. Appreciate Welcome back, Mark. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a, about a month since you've been on uh, yeah. uh, to the draft. It was or, or to the show. It was right before the draft. Actually, is uh, is uh, when we kind of had you on, and we were um, uh, going over what we thought was going to happen. And uh, I mean, you talked about going after an edge rusher as as well with us, and and that's what right. the Saints did. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. First, I want to uh, f- first of all, Mark. How are you doing? Uh, how is it down there? You are a lot closer to New Orleans than we are. You were just telling us you uh, will most likely be going to some of the training camp days as well. Uh, how-, how are things going down there? Yeah, man, pretty good. It's starting to starting to warm up, starting oh, to get yeah. hot. So, um, definitely starting to feel that Southern Louisiana Ooh. weather. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely gonna try to attend some uh, training camps this year. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. I'm a little closer to New Orleans now. That's good. That's, so, that's going to be exciting. Uh, training camp is always fun. It is definitely yeah. getting hot outside. Uh, it's it's still spring, but it, it definitely feels like summer, even where where I'm up uh, here near Portland, uh, when it's usually raining every day around this time of the year. Nothing but sunny days, 80-degree weather. So uh, I, I don't know what's going on, but I'm liking it. I'm really liking it a lot. Weather good where you are, Tyler? How have you been? Considering all the past few years, we've had snow in May. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, this year is late April. Uh Mother Nature has a mind of her own. Well, uh, sounds good, though, for you, Mark. Uh, at least uh, one of us will get to enjoy the weather. So I'm happy to so, um, though. We're going to jump into articles of the week real quick. Uh, pretty much just go to whodaddish.com. Check out all the fantastic features on the Saints we got going on. Und- uh, undrafted free agents are documented there and profiled. Uh, we have some uh, opinion pieces there as well. Tony Twilley, Roy Anderson, myself. Uh, have been the most active uh, recently. I will be having a article come out either tomorrow or on Friday for your weekend to read. It is going to be pertaining what the Saints are thinking right now, what direction they are planning on heading based off of their draft picks and their undrafted free agents. And again, we'll talk about that a, a little bit later with Mark. I'm super excited about that. But let's get into some major uh, New Orleans Saints news. Uh, there, there's two really big pieces that have been going on that don't have to do anything with the draft. Uh, The first is, of course, I I think we saw this coming, but it was one of those things where we had to wait until it actually happened for us to feel safe about it actually happening. Uh, Kobe Fleener has been cut by the New Orleans Saints. He's designated for a post-June 1st cut, Um, and apparently it is due to a failed physical, or or that's what he's marked down as uh, for the Saints. So Kobe Fleener, he had signed a five-year, $36 million contract with the Saints uh, uh, two seasons ago. He was in his second year of that contract and really hasn't been performing that well. I want to get your guys' opinions first before I even uh, talk about any of the stats that he had. Um, mm-hmm. I'll go to you, Mark, since since you are the guest on the show. What did you think about the Fleener cut? 
Uh, what did you think about who we have behind Fleener now to kind of try to fill that start and tight end role? Uh, did you like the move? Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you think the Saints are doing here? Okay, yeah, I'm honestly I was surprised, um, mainly because you, you know I I would have expected that we'd have got a Jimmy Graham or one of the other free agent tight ends, but but we picked up Ben Watson, so I didn't think that would be the reason we cut Fleener. Mm. But um, see, that that that's the part that I'm surprised about by. You know, it coming at this time. So, I mean, about the move, am I happy or not? I mean, I'm okay with it. He's obviously underperformed his whole, you know, the two years that he was here. So, I'm okay with it. And behind him, we have the Ben Watson, Josh Hill, um, Michael Hooman, and a couple of uh, UDFAs. Obviously, they're big on Yelder with the big money they gave him. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Ben Watson, I would assume, is going to be tight in one for a season. Kobe Fleener got paid, well, designated to be paid $36 million for the Saints when he signed that contract. Right. Only played in 27 games, started eight of them, including zero last year. Um, total with the Saints, 72 receptions, 926 yards. Which, which you know, his, his, his yards per reception of tw- uh, 13, eh, not too bad. But, again, he only had 72 catches in two years. Five touchdowns. Um, so, eh. Meh for thirty six mil. Yeah. Meh. He didn't start any games last year. Tyler, what do you think of this move, man? I know, I know, we've been talking about it on the podcast, off the podcast, um, and 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 I like what Mark just said about you know we, we were also talking about the amount of money we were paying Dion Yelder uh, as a UDFA ninety thousand dollars. That is quite a bit. What are you thinking of this move? It's funny. Uh, a quick flashback before uh, actually uh, reveal my thoughts about it. Uh, actually, this is a quick shout-out to my dad here, because uh, when I actually told him about the news, uh, he actually didn't get much sleep because of me, because I woke him up, and I was like, Dad, you won't believe it. Saints police told me cleaner. And he comes, uh, like, in my room an hour and a half later, he's like, did you wake me up to tell me that the Saints got rid of the tight end? I'm like, duh. <laughs> but um, the funny part was, we actually met him in training camp, and um, uh, I think this was, like, either the first or second year when he uh, came in, you know, came to the Saints, right? And as the guys were coming down the line, my dad didn't recognize them all. I was like, hey, dad, that's Kobe Fleener. He's like, who's that? I'm like, that's the guy that got seriously paid. And Kobe Fleener actually overheard us and sarcastically was like, yeah, I'm rich. And then, like, everybody laughed. That's (laughs) funny. That's awesome. I did not know that. Yeah. But uh, what I think about it, you know, know, like I said, they paid him. They expected him to be, like, the next uh, Jimmy Graham, you know, for the Saints. And um, just in the expectations, you know, if that was – uh, if that was just something of him underperforming or maybe Saints fans put the bar too high for him, you know, the last time we had a big-name tight end like that was Graham. So, but, uh, you know, we'll never know. Apparently, per reports, the concussion he received that sidelined him after he only played 11 games, he was still getting treatment for that. So that's pretty crazy. Mm. You know, a big hit like that can really you know, take a big guy out. But, uh, yeah, in the 11 games last season, he had 22 receptions, 295 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. So, he was a bit underperforming there regardless. But um, as far as what I think, if he can't keep up, you know, if he can't, regardless of the injury, if he can't perform enough, you know, in Sean Payton's system, you know, then he's going to find somebody else to do it. You know? Right. And it's like he sort of has. Benjamin Watson, the elder, like we said, you know, you still got Homan and Hill, who at times can be really good for the Saints, so... Best of luck to him. I hope, you know, he gets square with that injury, you know. But it's yeah. sorry to see him go. You know, but he wasn't performing, you know. 
like if his numbers were double that, maybe tripled, you know, like he probably would still be here right now. But it's a very lukewarm area for for Kobe Fleener because this isn't really a Jairus Bird situation, right? It, Kobe Fleener definitely didn't perform to his contract, but he wasn't god awful. He he wasn't held out of almost every single game that he was supposed yeah. to play in. Uh, you know, when he when he was there and ready, he was there and ready for the Saints. Uh, that concussion, we may never see him play again in the league if that concussion is that bad to where we fail him months afterwards. Obviously, you can recover from concussions, but if you're still feeling effects from that. I don't know. Maybe may, maybe it's maybe it's time to hang up the cleats, or and I'm not sure if, if a team will bite on Fleener. Um, he yeah. was one of the main reasons we were able to have that epic comeback against the Redskins a, a season ago. Other than that, really, I I don't have any crazy memories of like like when Darren Sproles got traded to the Eagles. That was sad. There were so many great memory crazy plays from from Darren Sproles. Kobe Fleener, I mean, not not yeah. really. He didn't he didn't do my. I mean, he didn't start a single game last year. If if you're making double digit million dollars per year for a team, I would at least expect you to start, even if you're bad. But uh, the, clearly, the Saints have confidence in Josh Hill. Um, and I think jo- Josh Hill, Ben Watson are going to be our primary blocking guys, and and that's where we're going to get the ground rolling. Now, there's there's another story that we'll get to in just a second that that kind of affects the running game early in the season now for the Saints. So. I don't know if, if, if we're going to really utilize the, the running set early on uh, in the season. We'll have to see. But um, I, I, I do have a lot of, of confidence in Deion Yelder coming in and at least developing into a formidable role uh, to get some touches in the red zone, at the very least for Drew Brees. But Ben Watson had a fantastic season last year. Um, he had more yards and catches than either of our tight ends. Uh, so bringing him in, I thought was a very smart move, even if it's a one year and he's going to be able to mentor our, our guys, but still on paper, this doesn't look like a great tight end core. Um, and, and luckily we do have Michael Thomas. Luckily we do still have Ted Ginn. We're going to be able to stretch the field. Uh, Traquan Smith is also a, a really athletic slot guy that, that we're going to be able to utilize. Same with Cam Meredith. So we're going to be getting attention from our receivers outside. Hopefully that will free up the, the, um, windows for our tight ends for drew Brees to get to him Who, whoever we decide to throw out there my guess is josh hill is going to be starter day one with heavily used ben, benjamin watson who man obviously is going to be who man he, he i think he's going to be utilized as a fullback more than anything uh in our offense but uh i i'm still not too confident in our tight end core even though i do like who we have because i i know how they can perform looking at it on paper it really isn't the most promising site but uh again kobe fleener Thank you for the, for the two years with the Saints. Even if you did not perform the way we wanted to, we, we really do appreciate um, what you were able to do for this team. And being part of Houdat Nation is always special. So wish you the be- best of luck in your career. Uh, let's get to the other very, very important piece of news. Came out yesterday, uh, and I'm glad we actually waited a little bit to record this podcast because there's been a, a couple of updates on here. So if I do miss anything, guys, let me know uh, afterwards, and, and then we'll start talking about it. Uh, Mark Ingram, of course, Pro Bowl running back for the Saints, uh, yesterday was suspended by the NFL for the first four games of the 2018 season uh, for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. Um, Ingram initially appealed uh, that uh, ruling by the NFL, and when the news came out about him being suspended, I think the appeal had already been filed at that time, apparently. Um but today we found out that the uh, appeal was denied by the NFL. Uh, his team had, I, I guess, won against or, or appealed not the actual uh, policy or, or the violation of that, but the actual drug test that Mark Ingram 
uh, uh, took. And, and if you go down that road, it's very, very hard to prove that a drug test was 100% false. Um, but it looks like Mark Ingram is going to be suspended for the first four games of the uh, the season. It doesn't seem like he got clearance for a specific medication that he's been taking for a while. Uh, it seems like it's a yearly renewal, and he, he didn't get it. Uh, apparent, or, or, or that's at least what I'm thinking right now, right? He, he was supposed to renew it in a year. Doesn't happen. He gets busted by the NFL, suspended for four games. Um, so we're going to be without Mark Ingram, it looks like, for the first four games. He's already appealed it, so really there's there's no second chance. If there's possibly a third chance where he can go around and, and if there was some sort of misdocument or something, I don't know. Uh, but it looks like Mark Ingram is going to be suspended for the first four games for PEDs. Um, very sour taste in my mouth when I first read that um, story, uh, especially when Mark Ingram is in a contract year. Uh, we are going to be playing for the Super Bowl. And really, one of the main reasons Alvin Kamara worked so well last year is the one-two punch he was with Ingram. Uh, just the the yin and yang they kind of provided last year, and we'll be without that for the first four games, which we saw last year. We went 0-2, then we went 2-2. Our first four games were very, very important for our season. Uh, I'll go to Tyler this time. Um, first of all, what did you think overall of the news when you first heard it? Uh, do you think it's fair to suspend guys four games for their first offense uh, for the PED? Uh, what, what did you think of the appeal being denied so fast, filed so quickly? What are your thoughts overall of the of the whole situation? All right. Uh, well, my first thought was when I saw it on Twitter, I was thinking, like, this has to be some sort of joke, right? And here, I've got a bunch of stuff on this. Hopefully I can remember it all. The first thing is, you know, obviously, you know, any main running back that gets taken out of the NFL or first for four games is going to be crucial. But the Saints almost have the benefit of the doubt here. They had a one-two punch. You know, they've got they've got decent running backs behind Ingram, who I'm sure, you know, with the availability, you know, now opened up, they could possibly, you know, like, improve themselves, see, you know, which of those running backs, Boston Scott, Trey Edmonds, Daniel Lasco could step up, you know, and uh, uh, help there. But we've had Kamara, too. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that Kamara right now, Kamara Kamara, is one of the top fantasy running backs uh, in the NFL right now. And I think this almost makes the situation better for him. You look at right now, of course, obviously, you don't want to give him all the snaps uh, that the two of them will have had together because, you know, they'll just wear him out. But I'm just glad, you know, it couldn't have been worse in that situation. Um, I also want to read this. Uh, we know that it was denied, but this is what the um, nine hours ago... Josh Kattenstein on Twitter, he's a, you know, a, uh, a checkmarked account. He said this, uh, this is the statement from the Mark Ingram's agents who were appealing the suspension at the time. They said at the end of the 2017 season, as a result of the NFL mandated man- drug tests, Mark Ingram tested positive for substance, substance and was not a performance-enhancing substance or an illegal substance or a substance, in fact, permissible with the proper use exemption with the NFL. So that goes back to what you were saying, Dan, that maybe something happened in the lines of him just not getting it right, you know, doing yeah. the right work. But, um, it's going to hurt, you know, Ingram. He's in contract here. Ian Rappaport was even saying that um, he was missing OTAs, maybe because he was holding on for a new contract. We aren't really sure. Um. And he, no one really mentioned this yet, but he's one of the most productive running backs in Saints history. Mm-hmm. I think, like, close to becoming the number one rusher in the yeah. history of the 
I think he's like seven hundred and thirty five yards away. Yeah, I was right. under a thousand. Yeah. So it's gonna be really interesting to see, you know, and I also heard rumors that the Saints want to try to trade him, but now with the whole age thing, the first four games, if he ever has another uh incident related to this, it's eight and that's half a year. So mm. curious to see, man. But let's go with you, Mark. What were your initial thoughts when you found out about, you know, Mark Ingram being busted? Man, it, it it was tough. You know, that's that's one of my favorite players. So that wasn't mm-hmm. uh, you know, good to hear. Um surprising, obviously. Um I'm pretty sure we all surprised that uh who it is, you know, that's not somebody we respect, um, with something like that. Um and how it, it pertains to the Saints, obviously it's big, you know, that's a leader. That's uh, one of the best offensive players we have. So you know, luckily it's only four games and our first four games aren't, you know, the meat of our schedule, um, with who who we're playing. So if that's a time frame that is going to happen, I think this would be one that we can withstand it. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, it, it's, it's still going to be tough regardless. Uh, we got the Falcons, um, the Giants, the Browns, and the Bucks. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Falcons and Giants are, are two, you, you know, pretty good run defenses. Um, the Bucks have upgraded. The Browns, obviously, have upgraded. So, you know, ain't no telling how, how it's going to play out. We can just only, you know, hope for the best that it, uh, Kamara steps up and, Whatever we we decide to roll with as the number two back, whether that be you know Williams, uh, Trey Edmonds, even Boston Scott, or we go sign somebody. That one of those guys step up, or all of them step up, and we just you know hit it with a running back committee. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm, so I'm much more excited to see Boston Scott now in action than I was uh, before this happened. Uh, so I guess right. that's that's kind of the silver lining to it. Um, and, and I think mentally this affects the Saints more so than anything on the field, right? Because Kamara right. is very talented. We do still have Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, all the weapons I named before. We still have a pretty good offensive line, so I think that they can make even mediocre uh, running backs look better than they are. Uh, so, so I'm not too worried, but Ingram, he, he's a team leader. Uh, First-round draft mm-hmm. pick for, for the squad. Been with the Saints his entire career. Very loyal guy, it seems. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's also being interviewed by Deion Sanders NFL Network after these big games. He is kind of becoming him him and Kamara because of their duo last year, almost becoming the face, uh, at least to younger audiences and social media, um, uh, yeah. of the Saints. Mark Ingram was, was very recognizable when, when you pair him up with the Saints. So mentally for the team in the locker room, uh, I think it's going to affect the team a lot more than than actually statistics and, and scoring on the field. I still think we'll be fine in those first four games, but it's kind of scarring almost. It 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 it, it, de- it definitely doesn't take my image of, of Ingram. I do believe him. I do think that there was a mishap in documents uh, because, again, he's been in the league for six years. Same with Thomas Davis, Mark Sanchez, Vontez Perfect. I don't know. Maybe I'll leave out Perfect. He's been busted before. But some of these, some of these guys have been in the league for a while. Lyle? And, and, and they're getting busted for, for PEDs now. It, it's not exactly adding up for me. And that's also why I kind of brought up, I don't know if you guys want to chime in on this. I don't think you should be suspended four games for your first defense of PED. I think two games is fine. Uh, if anything, it, de- it definitely should be some sort of suspension because any sort of performance in anti-drugs, not good, should not be in, involved in any sort of sport. But four games, that's a quarter of a season two games is you know obviously half of that so it's not as big of a blow for a team it's his first offense that's that's my two cents i don't know if you guys want to chime in with that i don't know if you guys agree disagree with me i well, I, I think i think four well, games is harsh what you think? i think what my thing with it is like you, you know if they say it's four games then i'm fine with it because you know it was stated way ahead of time 
Like, it's not something that we don't know or the player didn't know or, you know, the team didn't know. You know, it, it's been stated for a while. It's four games if it happens. Mm-hmm. So uh, that would be my only defense for it. Um, you know, it, it clearly states what's the, what's the punishment. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why I would be fine with it. And, I, you know, obviously I'm biased. So right now I'll say, yeah, he, he only deserved one game. But, mm-hmm. you know, nine biased. Yeah. 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 You know, it is what it is. The rules clearly state, hey. You know, four games for your first defense, and I think it's ten games for your second defense, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. So, so you I, know, you kind of got to roll with it. I'm, I'm saying that rule should be changed. I, I, I think it should right. be first defense is two games. After that, second, I mean, second offense, I don't care what you do. And in, in, in the NFL, really, you, you should really only deserve like two strikes. And some of the stuff that they have, you are a professional. Uh, some jobs, you know, you will get cut. Or, or fired after two offensives of the same thing. Right. Um, but I, th- I think for, I, I, I don't know, I just feel like that rule needs to be changed. And I've, I've kind of had that same thought um, because, he, you know, guys can, you know, have domestic violence disputes and uh, mm-hmm. play an entire season, not get suspended right. at all. We kind of we saw that really with, with Greg Hardy. Um, I think Reuben Foster is still on the 49ers roster, right? He hasn't really been dealt any major punishment from the NFL. But again, this is with the, with the PEDs, with the drug testing that they have, that is an internal issue with the NFL as opposed to any sort of legal battle. So I totally understand why those are separated and, and why the punishments are different. But if you look at it in a grand scheme of things and not under a microscope, it, 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 I, I think it, it needs to be reduced from, from four to two. Uh, what do you think, Tyler? I got one more thing. After go you, ahead, Mark. Tyler. Yeah, no, absolutely. After, yeah, here you go first, Mark. I want to hear it. Okay, so like um, now to to your defense, uh, Dayton, I feel like that um, they should kind of split it up for the PED because PED they, they kind of bunch it up into you know one category. Right. Yeah. So I feel like if it's actually a steroid that mm-hmm. you know makes you bigger, makes you stronger, makes you faster, then the, the punishment should be be bigger. There you go. Compared to um, from what we heard of Ingram, it wasn't necessarily something that was you know, uh, actual performance enhancement type mm-hmm. thing. Like, I right. can't figure out the exact words, but, you know, it wasn't a, a steroid. Exactly. You know, so I feel like it was a steroid that, you know, made him bigger, obviously, you know. Yeah. Um, then I feel like it, it should be a, a bigger punishment. I agree and 100%. I, I, say, I understand the four games, you know. So that, that's kind of an, another way to look at it. I think they should, you know, break it up. And, and yeah. the PED yeah. word has, has taken in so many substances. Yeah. I mean, there's some there's some pre workout and uh, uh, other uh, right. stuff that you can buy at stores that uh, contain some of the stuff that the NFL actually has banned. So obviously, athletes exactly. are very, very, very careful when it comes to all of that stuff. Looks like, I, and like I said, I feel like it is a slip up with Mark uh, Tyler, Tyler. What are your thoughts on on the whole? Um, yeah, I guess four game versus, and I agree one hundred percent with you though, Mark. They need to definitely split up that. Use a little bit different language, right? As opposed to right. just grouping all the PEDs together. Say, you know, actually, if he's actually taking steroids, trying to make himself bigger, like that is a major issue. But if it's just this, you know, little supplement that needs to be changed. You, you agree with that, right. Tyler? Um, all I know is this: whether or not it gets, it gets changed, whether or not there needs to be a fine line. We agree, we disagree. This is going to hurt. It's essentially yeah. a stone for Mark Ingram. Uh, you know, as much as we like to be supportive, he he's getting he's getting suspended four games, and he's only losing a crap ton of money. That's for sure. I think somebody had it on um, Twitter. I think it was over a million dollars he's losing from this. But um, here's a, a weird thing too, though. Hasn't it just not only been performing enhancing drugs? Haven't we heard cases before where it's been something like maybe like uh, a player's a father trying to have kids, 
and isn't able to, so we take some sort of uh, over-the-counter prescribed medication that that gets um, that that gets you know uh, you know like thrown down the hammer on by the NFL. Mm-hmm. Cases like that where the intent wasn't to gain an unfair advantage in football. Like maybe there should be a fine line, you know, or maybe some sort of spectrum here you know, of how it it gets changed, but. What do you guys think about that? Isn't that insane too? You think? No, or? yeah, it's 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 crazy. I mean, any sort of slip up. We saw it with even and and again, the NFL has to be like this, right? They have to be sort of strict on their players. They are the employees. They are the faces of franchises, multi billion dollar company. So I understand how strict they got to be. But we saw it with with Josh Gordon and his or, ordeal when he had failed his uh, the testing. I don't even. I'm not sure if they even called it a drug test when he failed because it had to do with alcohol, but. He had a glass of champagne on a plane after the season with the team, and from his understanding, once the season has ended, uh, he was fine with with drinking. He wasn't able to do it during the season, or, or they weren't drug testing during the season, but apparently the season or the stipulations for that rule lasted another day, uh, so he got drug tested later. and he got- So there's, there's always going to be little, and I, I feel like Ingram, kind of the same thing where it's, Almost technicalities where, where these guys are, are getting punished at. Well, technically, you were drinking on this time, even if you didn't know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, technically, you didn't renew your, um, you know, whatever it is that Ingram needed. Technically, you didn't renew it within time, so it doesn't count. Stuff like that happens, and, and again, you have to be strict if you're a multi-billion dollar company. I understand it. It is frustrating when it affects your team. That's definitely when you put it in the limelight. That's definitely when you really start thinking about this stuff, which is obviously why it's a segment for us. Uh, and hasn't been for for a long time, but uh, um, yeah, I, I I hate I hate that that stuff happens. But you know, if you are the NFL, I get it. I get it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. They have to be, you know, like like you said, to protect themselves. They have to be, you know, obviously they're the top of the line, so they have to be stricter than you know most companies. I guess you want to say. Um, but I do have some. Like I feel like the teams itself, like, should be held accountable. Like as in, I think they should be more. Like, look out for their players more. Like, make them take yeah. more drug tests yourself, yeah. you know. So, let's say the Saints had, t- had Ingram take a drug test a month prior, you know, and they figured out, hey, you know, you got this and that in your system. Mm. And, um, according That's to smart. the NFL rule books, it's banned. So, you need to, you know, stop taking this or get it cleared up with the NFL or you right. know, take that- some, you know, figure out a way to, to get it fixed. That's smart. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, let's take a minute here. Go into our next topic. We're closing out of the uh, 20 draft analysis here of the Who Had This podcast. And Dan and I are going to the general thoughts about what we thought the draft. We liked it. We gave our grades. What we hear, you know, uh, the main reason why we brought Mark on tonight is to have his thoughts, have his opinions about what he thought about, what he thought about the, you know, the draft, you know, the 2018 NFL draft, and how the things did. Of course, you know, we just want to give a quick shout out to all of our other uh, guests this year. We want to thank them for being on. And the guests who couldn't make it, you know, obviously we appreciate Mark being on. But uh, other guests in the past, Charlie, Matt, Snetty, who couldn't make it, expect them in the future. But um, you know, it just happened a few weeks ago. The the draft. What do you think, Mark? Uh, the four is essential years. We want to know what you thought about the draft, your grades, etc. You know, so. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed the draft. Obviously, I, I, one thing I remember about the last podcast we did right before the ending. We talked about, um, you know, our prediction for the first round, and I said yeah. that that mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty much no way uh, that the Saints will trade their next next 2019's first round pick mm-hmm. for a non quarterback. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what they what they end up doing. Um, you know, <laughs> after 
after sitting and thinking about it, watching some more Mark and Dav- Marcus Davenport. I have no problem with it. Uh, as Saints fans, we've been complaining since uh, we let uh, Junior Gallet go that uh, Cam Jordan needed a running mate on, on the opposite side of him. Yeah. We finally got it, and we're still complaining about what we gave up. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm over it. I'm excited for uh, Marcus to get in the camp and, uh, you know, the season to start and see what him and Cam could do opposite each other. Um, yeah. So, like I said, obviously giving up next year's draft pick, that kind of hurts because it kind of hinders us on a quarterback for next year. But, you, you know, the, obviously the Saints have some type of uh, faith in Taysom Hill or JT Barrett. They signed him as a UDFA. <clears throat> so maybe maybe we have something in one of them. Maybe Tom Savage is a, uh, yeah. you, you know, different system, different, you know, uh, different coach. Maybe something we get something out of him. I doubt it, but it's possible. Uh, and as for the rest of the, the draft, um, the receiver we took, Trey Quine, I'm really excited about him. Um, I think he, he's obviously probably going to be our number four receiver. He, I would assume he jumps Brandon Coleman and, and pushes him for the roster spot if uh, if we do decide to keep four receivers, but most likely five. Um, either way, he's going to obviously be on, on the team. Uh, and we got the, the two DBs we took, Cameron Moore and Nate Charles Jameson. I think they're mainly going to be special teams players. Uh, I'm fine with, with, with both of those. Um, my favorite pick in the draft is probably Boston Scott. I think he's going to have a big role. And we talked about it earlier with Mark Ingram out. Obviously, that, that's going to go up that role for at least the first four games. He's going to be even more of a big time, a big uh, contributor for the offense. So I'm excited about him. And yeah. you know, we rounded it out with Will Clapp, and we also got Rick Leonard in uh, the fourth round. I want to say, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm cool with both of those depth uh, depth depth picks for the offensive line. So. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't. I, I don't really grade our draft because you know, obviously, we don't know what what it's going to turn out to be. The only thing we would be grading would be names, and you exactly. know, not into that. So yeah, we yeah we we, we just graded them for, like on paper, pretty much is is all it right. is. There, there's no actually tangible evidence you could go off of them in the NFL um, or based off the same. I I I so for for the Will Clap, I I don't know mm-hmm. how we fell to the seventh round. I have no clue how that Me either. Fantastic player yeah. out of LSU. Uh, and, and I know a ton of Saints fans, obviously, are also Louisiana State uh, diehards. Yeah. Uh, so I, that, that was I fantastic like to see Will Clapp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I have no clue how he fell down to the seventh. Rick Leonard, I'm glad you like that pick, too. I, 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 like, yeah. I like him, too. I think that he is a – and it seemed like the Saints were definitely going after size in this draft. Obviously, right. besides Brandon Scott and the two DBs they got, uh, you know, you, you, can't really, you can't really pick huge guys at that position anyway, but – uh, all, all the other positions they targeted, they went after massive physical guys, and I really enjoyed that about about the draft. Um, yeah, for, for the, speed. Exactly, exactly. Uh, anything else you want to add in, Tyler, from from what Mark had just said? Uh, you know, I agree with everything you said. I've actually had a question for it. What's it done with this? But um, you know, I, I love the depth. I love the you know uh, the ability we had to you know, although we didn't have all the top picks, we still made the right picks. You know, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you know they can be a bit questionable, questionable, but I think you get that with every draft. Speaking of the picks, I want to get your thoughts, Mark. So uh, you know, compared to last year's draft, compared to this one, we only have one pick in the top ninety. Were you right. cool with the Saints deciding not to move up into the second round, staying where they were, getting the picks that they had, getting more players? What did you think about that? Like, and how they decided to you know uh, stay where they were versus being aggressive multiple times? I mean, yeah, it's tough after, you know, you already traded away next year's first. 
So it's yeah. tough to try to move up later in the round because as the team that you're calling, you know, the big thing that they probably going to want is going to be a next a pick from next year for next year. So yeah. I mean, once you gave away the first, you're not really in the market or unless a certain player that you you know your your highest graded player on your board falls to a certain spot. Other than that, you're not really trying to give away any collateral for next year. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I pretty much had it uh, written down that there weren't going to be any more trades the next day unless unless it was a, you know, a trade higher in the fifth round or, you know, something of that magnitude. I couldn't see us getting back into the second or even probably not even getting higher in the third mm. um, because, of, you know, we had already given away next year first. So I, I didn't I was pretty sure we, we didn't want to give up anything else for next year. And well, I was cool with with uh, staying where we were. Same. I was too. And I, I have a feeling it's going to be fairly easy for the Saints to trade back into the first round next year if they really wanted to get a first yeah. round. If they really need a first round because we saw it with, I mean, Arizona didn't have to give up too much to move up five spots. Um, right. So if, if we can move into the later portion of, of the first round teams, uh, and, and, and again, with the, with the later first round picks, you're still getting talent. But next year's draft is not going to be as deep as this year's. Uh, so I, I think that we'll be able to get some really pretty much steal away some for one uh, first round pick if we wanted to next year. Maybe even an yeah. extra second round pick early on. I could see that happening. It's going to be easier because we will have, you know, as of right now, for the most part, we have one pick per round other than the first. Uh, and having a second round pick is going to be beneficial um, uh, next season. So and so I'm glad you opened up your uh, your remarks with telling Saints fans really not to complain because that's what we were trying to preach last yeah. time when we were saying, yeah. like, Davenport's a heck of a player. We moved up 13 spots into a top 15 draft pick. We're going to have to give up something. Uh, and, right. and and Green Bay being a savvy front office that they are, not surprised that we did give up a first-round pick. But we, we got a good player. And, again, if, if you're going to complain, beggars can't be choosers. If you want a guy opposite Cam Jordan – we right. got a really, really good guy opposite Cam Jordan now. He's only going to get better. As first time he puts his hand in the dirt in the league from his last, he's going to be a totally different player. He's going to be uh, uh, fantastic, I think, for the Saints. He's going to develop really well. Still very raw talent, but I, I wouldn't say he's a project player either. I think that he's going to come in day one, probably take over that starting role, depending on how Alex Okafor is. By the way, I just read some tweets from Nick Underhill a little bit ago. Seems like uh, he says Alex Okafor is not going to be really doing anything in OTAs, but he will be, or at least he's projected to be um, on track to be ready for training camp. So uh, we'll see how that develops. But that is expected. Yeah, that's going to be good for to, to see right. Okafor back. Yeah, it's going to be really good to see him back. Yeah. And the thing with I want to say with Marcus Davenport, um, you know, pass rush is a premium position, so you know it's natural for fans to. They want to buy everything cheap and sell everything high. Right. So, you, you know, it, it's natural to feel like that. But when you, you know, a quarterback and, and pass rush are probably the two most premium positions in the league. So, it, you know, it's not cheap to get those guys. And like Sean, uh, Sean Payton said, uh, those guys don't really hit free agency. Um, there's yeah, maybe yeah, one yeah. every year. There's maybe one quarterback. You know, you look at Kirk Cousins this year. And I can't even think of a pass rusher this year that, that hit the free agency market. Um, yeah. So it, it's maybe one to two every every year or so that, that you have a chance to get one as a free agent. And when, when they're on the market, they're going to be expensive. So yeah. you, you got a chance to go get your guy that you, you want to yeah. be for the next 10, you know, 10 to 12 years at that position. So, I mean, they went up and got him and, you, you know, I'm fine with it. Let's, let's roll this, with it. This is the second, yeah, second draft in a row. The Saints get a top three 
defensive guy, top four, I guess I you could say Davenport was top four defensive guy, defensive prospect in the draft after the top ten. That that, mm. that 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 is absolutely crazy to me, and it's due to the amount of offensive players selected last year and the quarterback shuffle we had in the top ten th- this year. So the Saints, a little bit fortunate, uh, and I think trading with Green Bay was the best part. And because I I think Green Bay was going to go for Marcus Davenport. If if not, maybe they were going to go maybe Tremaine Edmonds. That's the only other guy I could see them taking over. But I think that they had their sights set on Marcus Davenport. So no wonder, again, we had had to give up a little bit more. Um, Me and – me Go and Jake ahead. White, we did a we did a mock draft like ten minutes before the draft, yeah. and I actually had the Packers taking uh, Marcus Davenport at go. fourteen. See, so. Mark knew it was going to happen. Saints knew so it was going to happen. Saints yeah. jumped and, and we got him. Uh, and and again, yeah, we, I I think Davenport was the top three, definitely the second best edge prospect in this draft, right behind Bradley yeah. Chubb. And Bradley Chubb again. Right. Had he been out of the – he's a generational talent. Had Bradley Chubb not been in this draft, Davenport's the number one edge guy uh, in this entire draft, and the Saints got him. So, And I, I don't think he's a project player. I think that he's going to be able to start right away. And I don't give me that crap about the lesser competition playing at UTSA. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen multiple, multiple, multiple oh. guys succeed in the league at his position, outside of his position, in the toughest position in the league, quarterback. Carson right. Wentz, Tony Romo, Kurt Warner, these guys not going up against great – competition joe flacco won a super bowl i don't think he's a great quarterback mm-hmm. but he won a super bowl he played at delaware <laughs> i mean like the, these guys it doesn't matter the competition they play at and i mean it factors in sure i mean if you're at alabama and you're playing against uh, a lot of nfl guys sure you're gonna have a little bit of an edge but in no way shape or form does it make you a lesser prospect i think i don't think that you should look at the the guys' competition they play against and go oh yeah i mean like he has fantastic tape but look at the guys he played i'm not I, i'm definitely not yeah. rating him the same way it doesn't matter. Uh, we, we've seen guys succeed, so don't give me that crap. Yeah, a lot of Saints fans have also been saying that, but it's mainly outside media uh, talking about Davenport being a less product or, or a prospect because of the competition you played against. I, 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 I don't think that holds any any material. But, again, it does happen, and, and, and we, we've seen it uh, in the NFL you before. At, you look at Khalil Mack, arguably the best pass rusher in the league Buffalo. Right now. Buffalo, yeah. He was a top, so. he was a top four pick. Fourth overall right. guy, and, and yeah, they, he, he played fantastic. Uh, in, in college, he, regardless of the competition, he balled out. And if you can show that, you can you can play good. And here's the other thing about Davenport. It's not that he just played well against that competition. He made yeah. them look silly. You, you can see bull rushing, spin moves, whatever it may be. He was able to get to the quarterback, and it was really impressive. For, for the Saints, too, uh, I really like the move because now we have Lattimore and Crawley, uh, and now we have Davenport and Cam Jordan. And we have quarterback. Really, what you need to do in, in this league, especially this day and age, you need to have a mm-hmm. franchise quarterback. If, if, if you want to win, franchise mm-hmm. quarterback, have guys who are going to be able to shut down or stop opposing quarterbacks. And that, that's what we have now. And I'm really excited. I thought it was a great move. Yeah. Saints fans are going to love that import. You know, and, it, it, you know, even the argument that can be made about him being wrong, it, it doesn't matter. Like, his measurables are off the charts. He's a freak of nature. His athleticism... Uh, alone is what got him noticed, you know, from that small name school. And think about it this way. Who was the next edge rusher they got taken off the board? But we don't even know it was so <laughs> down. You know? And yeah. Saints fans gonna love him. And if you don't, you know, beggars can't be choosers. But I, I think, you know, he, he's gonna be the next go to guy for the Saints. He's gonna be the next guy that's gonna help things out. You know, I, I can't tell you how many first round picks we have now invested in the defense, whether we pick them or not. But the, next two de- the last two defensive ends that were selected by the Saints in the first round, 
Cameron Jordan, pro bowler, all pro, savior for this defense, Wolf Smith. When he was alive, he, he balled out, uh, helped him win the Super Bowl. So two great guys. I think we just got a third great guy. So Me too. Yeah. You know? Um, well, any, hmm? U, any UDFA stick out to you, Mark, when you were looking? Obviously, there's JT Barrett. Deion Yeller becomes right. more important now. Got a couple guys from uh, South Carolina, including Tyler Stallworth. Any of those guys really jump out to you? Do you think they're just going to be competing in camp for the most part? Um, Yelder would obviously be the, the number one guy uh, for me because you know not just for what he got paid, but the like the the path to um, a roster spot for him. Yeah. Um, there's only I want to say three, uh, three maybe four I can think of right now. Titans that would be you know obviously ahead of him right now. So I think he has the easiest uh, route to the roster spot. Um, then you look at JT Baird. Uh, all he would really have to do is probably lead out one person, whether that be Tom Savage or Taysom Hill, and he probably have the roster spot. So th- those two are, I, I would assume, I, w- I would put with higher chances to make the roster. And they also, yeah, I, I do. Uh, I think you're right on. There, there's going to be three guys in front of him. Uh, they also signed. Um, I, I believe he's still on the team, right? Cam Cam Serene, uh, a day ago, um, or, or my bad, I, th- I think it was a couple of days ago when, when they actually got him. Uh, but he's out of Wake Forest, ACC guy. He had some good numbers. I, I think he'll be competing for a spot. I here's here's my bold prediction. I don't think we we'll see Who Man after this training camp. I think I think Who Man is going to be part of the later cuts uh, for the team. Uh, if he's not, again, I do see him being a fullback guy. In preseason, we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, out of him, but either Yelder, maybe, maybe Serene. I, 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 I don't know. I've seen some of his tape, and he's a big guy, but he really wasn't projected anything coming into the draft. But uh, who, man, if, if, if he's not able to be utilized fully as, as a fullback for us, I do think that he'll be part of the later cuts because I see the team going with younger guys as opposed to – or at least younger guys to be you know special teams third string as opposed to uh, – um, you know, an older guy in who, man. Um, one final question for you guys, unless anything else you guys had to say about uh, 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 the draft, Mark? Anything else you want to you talk about? Um, with the UDFAs, I did want to mention uh, yeah. another intriguing player that, that probably will make the team, obviously, is the tight end, Hull Wozniak, just because he's like 6'9", mm. 6'10". Six, six, yeah, he's huge. That's just, that's crazy. Uh, I, I like to see what he does in camp. He wasn't, you know, overly good in college, but hey, you know, six six ten, six nine tight end it, it, it's crazy. So I, I just want to see what happens with him. I, yeah. th- I think that's yeah. exciting. Just that to see be- what's showing how, how Sean uses him. Um obviously it's a long shot for him to make the team, but worth a shot at least. Let, let's see what we could do with this this monster this basketball player on the on the football field. I mean Ken Crowley was an undrafted free agent that we signed and yeah, look where he is at now. So it really really anything can happen. Um right. speaking of signings one last question before we cap the show off before I send it off to Tyler for the outro. Hey. Either of you guys, this is a question for both of you. Feel free to chime in or whatever. With Ingram being out now for the first four games, obviously we do have Brandon Scott. Should the Saints go after any sort of running back for the first four games? I mean, Orleans Zarqua is a free agent. There's other guys out there, but... I, you know, and and there's a, there's definitely a risk reward with it. I, I I would love to see us get a veteran guy at least just to hold it down and and possibly be our actual third option for later on down the road. But at the same time, there's not a whole lot of veteran guys out there who will only take a few carries per game for four games. Kind of most likely be cut after that. 
Um, I don't know. What, what, what do you guys? Maybe the Saints probably don't even need an extra guy. Do you guys think they should maybe go after one? What do you think, Mark? You can take it. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I'm 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 stuck on the fence here. I want to go after someone. Uh, you know, there's there's Demarco Murray, there's Alfred Morris, um, Arlene's Demarco. All those guys are free agent. I, I mean, if they if they agree to come in, you know, for four games, four or five games, and you know, take get help. Help out the young Camara, then that I'm cool with it. Um, other than that, you know, we, we if you take our marking out of that backfield, this this is a really really young running back room. You know, the only guy that really has NFL snaps is Alvin Kamara. Um, uh, Trey Edmonds had a couple in that in that uh, Buffalo game, but you know, you look at Jonathan Williams, he doesn't have anything. Uh, Boston Scott doesn't have any carries. Um, so it, it's a really really young young running back room. Too. So that that would be the argument. Um, do you want a vet, you know, to, to help just, just be there mentally and, you know, take some help, get some snaps, or do you want to give one of the, you know, give one of the young guys that number two position for a few games and see what they got. So I, I, I'm on the fence. If I had to make a decision, I'd rather sign somebody. I like that. You know, <clears throat> I'm on the fence a bit too. You know, like I think DeMarco Murray would be interesting, you know, that'd be yeah. something to see. But, you know, I see trust our guys. I, you know, I think uh, for all those young running backs, you know, we've got a lot of players right now that we're almost like it's not a bad thing to see them get snapped. Yes. You guys are getting what I'm saying? Right. You know, like, it's almost like a blessing in disguise in this scenario. You know, like, uh, it's almost happened before with injuries, you know, other positions. You get to see what the Saints have and what they're working with beyond uh, the casual starters. You know, they get to see now yeah. if they maybe – you know, let's say something happens and Boston Scott goes off. Trey Edmonds decides to, you know, step up and, and makes those plays for the Saints that they really like. And now you have a, a player that you can rely on if something happens again. So I say, you know, if they bring somebody in, they do it. It's whatever. But if they don't, keep an eye on all those guys. Even Daniel Lasco, a guy that I've liked that, um, you know, he hasn't done much with what they've given him. But now, you know, he's had a chance to, you know, all those guys. Edmonds, uh Lasco, all those guys, it's up in the air. But I'm, I'm happy for whoever gets the opportunity to uh, compete, start with whoever. Uh, best right. luck to all those young guys. I think it's another. That's my another thing I want to mention with that with signing a vet. Um, another positive would be, let's say you know Markin comes back and <clears throat> six games in he has a you know a toe injury or something. That vet that you sign has you know knowledge of the playbook. So right there you go. You can bring him right back, or you know, maybe he's still on the roster or whatever. You have somebody to go. Um, so, so that's another thing to, to think of, think about. Just a, another, we can't expect Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara to really play uh, sixteen plus games again, uh, fully healthy. That's yeah. I mean, we can rely on it, but you kind of playing with fire. Um, you know, running back is probably one of the most injured positions in the league. So, or or like- another way to look at it. Orleans Darkwell intrigues me only because of how well he performed. Um, for, well, I mean, first of all, Orleans being on New Orleans, <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. First off, but right. I mean, he was able to do put up pretty good numbers uh, behind a terrible yeah. Giants offensive line. Uh, he had right. a really, really good primetime game for, for the Giants. It would be interesting, but Brand, uh, Brandon or not Brandon Boston Scott is a really, really intriguing prospect to me. Again, mm-hmm. local guy went to Louisiana Tech and. He's, I guess he's another case of the lesser competition type uh, uh, stigma he, he may get, but I'm really intrigued to see him in camp. 
He's he's five foot seven, so obviously the smallest guy the Saints drafted, probably in, in, in right. quite a bit. Same size as me, obviously a lot more bulky than I am, but same height as I am. Uh, can can absolutely just run through people, especially high mm-hmm. up arm tackles. So he's going to have the low ground. He's going to have the leverage for a lot of guys. Uh, kind of runs the same way Mark Ingram does as well. Uh, so so it'll be interesting to see. I'm very intrigued by what Boston's got to bring to the table. Uh, same with same with, and I want to say Traquan Smith. I, I'm, I that's all I'm going to say. I, I I feel like he's going to be a fantastic receiver. Maybe maybe not 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 this year. Don't, don't expect too many big things out of him this year. But I think down the line for the Saints, him and him and Thomas may end up being a fantastic one-two punch. Whether whether Breeze is the quarterback or not at that time, I I I'm feeling Traquan Smith. I don't know something special with him. I I, re- I really like this guy. Uh, he he was a big reason uh, Central Florida went from 0 and 12 to 12 and 0. Um, really excited to see the guys. So n- another great episode in in the books, guys. Again, Mark, thanks for coming on, giving your uh, insight on the uh, draft. Uh, always love having you on, and, and this crazy news that's surrounding the Saints past couple of days. Uh, plug away your social media. Let the people know where they can find you. Uh, anything else you want to say? Go for it, man. Oh uh, yeah, M underscore George Five is me on Twitter. Go follow me. Um, I love to talk Saints football, um, so uh, I like interacting. So yeah, go follow me on Twitter. Um, that's about it that I have on uh, the Saints this <coughs> off season so far with the draft and you know some free and stuff. Uh, I think we, we we're gonna be in for a fun season. Um, so I'm excited. Hey, there you go. And uh, that's awesome, Mark. That really is. Uh, we appreciate you coming. On. Thank you so much again. Appreciate yeah, all you guys yeah. listening to us. We appreciate, appreciate, we appreciate all of our guests. You know, that come on, all of our listeners. It's pretty awesome. So uh, here's a, a quick parting thought too. Week five, Monday Night Football, Saints Redskins. So that's when a- Ingram comes back, or should I say, Mark Ingram and Angry Ingram? <laughs> That'd be there we go. <laughs> That'd be really crazy. I, I love that. But um, thanks so much for tuning, guys. We appreciate it. Uh, first and foremost, uh. This podcast is alive, is a part uh, from Who That Dish. Dayton mentioned it earlier. He's got an article coming out. Check that out. And check out the website, whothatdish.com. If you're not living there, you should be. Uh, uh, that's trademarked by Dayton, by the way, guys. Don't steal it. So, um, okay, here's where you can follow us, guys. So, uh, of course, check out Who That Dish uh, on Facebook, on the Internet. Just search from there. On Twitter, here's where you can follow us. You can follow uh, Dayton Brown at Dayton underscore Brown underscore follow me at Raymond Tyler M. You can follow our official Who That Dish podcast account at the WDD podcast. You can check out uh, all of our podcasts, all of our fantastic episodes on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, and YouTube. Just search for Who That Dish podcast and you'll find us there. But thanks again, guys. We appreciate it. So. Um, follow us on Twitter for sure, because that is where we will be keeping all of our most updated stuff. That's where you guys will be able to find all the links, the quickest to blog talk, radio, iTunes, whatever it may be, all of the polls we'll be having. So very important that you go follow us to stay up to date with everything. Uh, follow us everywhere as well. Again, thank you to Mark. Thank you to all the guests who come on. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening again. We'll talk to you early next week. Uh, we'll have a, uh, hopefully we will have Joe Leo on the show. Uh, we- we, I, I, I want to get him uh, his thoughts on the draft as well. Uh, Joe obviously is a Jets fan. Uh, for those of you that don't know, he's been on the show before. Uh, it, it would be great to have him on. So look for that next week. But again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll talk to you guys shortly. And as always, who dat? Yeah.